This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. Class will be back in session this fall. But it will look entirely different than years past, at least in Seattle. The city's public schools district has laid out its working vision for welcoming back students. And here is what a typical school day would look like. Students arriving at different times and getting their temperatures taken. They'll be asked a few questions about how they're feeling and be required to wash their hands. And they will receive a mask if they don't already have one. And then as many students as possible will fill the classroom while ensuring they have enough space to stay six feet apart Now, the exact wording from the school district is a little confusing, but it's saying we want to allow 50 square feet per person to create a minimum of six feet of distance between each student. But Mm -hmm. end of the day, they just want to make sure everybody is six feet apart in the school. 50 square feet, that's basically seven by seven, which is 49, but that's close. The district has early data showing that most families prefer a return to an in-person setting, but officials say they also have to gather more feedback from families with students of color before they commit to that. We also heard from the district chief financial officer. He estimates this is going to cost a lot of money, more than $15 million to reopen because they want to have this, you know, arsenal of hand sanitizer, masks, gloves, more custodial staff and cleaning supplies on hand too. The school district says it came up with a plan which includes a few assumptions, such as there'll be parents who will want an alternative to on-campus instruction for part or all of the rest of the crisis, and there'll be an outbreak of COVID-19 in the King County and Seattle area that will require at least a temporary school closure for one or more schools. Yeah, I was looking through the the information packet. It's it's very long, but I was I was looking through a few things, and it sounds like if parents choose to have their students participate in 100% online learning, they can still choose to do that. So there there is that option on the table for parents, at least in the Seattle public school districts. So it probably would make sense for parents to sit their kids down and explain this to them and get them used to it over the summer before uh, school reconvenes. And I can see, trying to remember what it was like to be a kid, Hmm. that this would actually be exciting to know that I was part of something uh, big and new and uh, never tried before. And uh, you'll probably have two kinds of kids. You'll have kids like me who are the rule followers. You tell me to wear a mask, and any adult in, in authority says, wear the mask, by golly, I'll wear the mask, and I'll shame others who don't. And then, of course, the rebellious types, probably like my youngest sister, <laughs> who <laughs> say, you want me to wear a mask? That's exactly what I will not do. So it's time to find out who's who and get them ready. I'm trying to put myself in the mind of... Uh... Of a young boy again. I I think as a young boy, I'm talking like, you know, elementary, middle school, I probably wear a mask when high school rolls around. I don't know. I had I had a little bit of a of rebel in me in high school. So uh, maybe I'd, I'd show up with one and then throughout the day I'd probably take it off. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, that's the teacher's problem now, not ours. And speaking of, you know, older kids who don't want to wear masks, looks like there's a coronavirus outbreak at the University of Washington. 38 students living in 10 different fraternity houses all tested positive for the virus in recent days. Now, no one has been hospitalized or has severe symptoms as of yet. Students who tested positive or who have symptoms are apparently now isolating in their rooms. Meanwhile, all the students living in fraternity summer housing, which is about 1,000 students across 25 fraternity houses, 
are being asked to quarantine themselves. Seattle and King County Public Health are reaching out to affected students and providing more testing within walking distance of campus. Every house at the UW campus is run by an independent organization. So the University of Washington does not have a lot of control there. Uh, Most houses had reduced the number of beds by 50% for the summer, which is what they plan to do at fraternities and sororities on campus in the fall. But it is proof, one doctor said, that this is not enough unless people are also wearing masks, distancing themselves, and washing their hands. Now, this, this trend of university students catching the virus is in sync with what we've been seeing across the country because a lot of these outbreaks now in other states, according to people in Florida and Texas, has to do with the fact that they opened bars early and a lot of young people like to frequent bars and clubs and that's where the virus is spreading now. Really? Do they still do that? I think so. I remember so, they did so that I'm when talking. I was going to school, but I thought we'd outgrown <laughs> that by now. They're still no. going to bars. Huh? Uh, I, I do not want to be in the shoes of someone trying to enforce social distancing in a university setting. Hmm. Dorms are just not made for that. Um, I remember most of life in our dorm, and that's when you still separated men and women, right? Hmm. So it was just the men and just the women. Yeah. Um, it took place in the hallways. People were always in the hallways, either congregating or or running up and down. uh, And to change that, I can see where long range, if you redesign dormitories to be more like um, suites, which was what we eventually went to, you could certainly at least have a a pod of people who live together in a suite. So like, what, four or five people. And uh, you could sort of mutually isolate with them. Mm -hmm. But... um, in a mass dorm setting, boy, that's got to be tough. Yeah, and just to clarify, this outbreak is is along Greek Row on the UW campus, yeah. and not to cast a wide net over you know fraternity houses and and frat life. Well, if for, you will, fraternities but, are all about congregating, right, right? Exactly. There's no exactly. point in having one if you're just going to be in separate yeah. rooms all the time. And we know, I mean, you know, just stereotype there is they like to party, right? And they're going to have parties, and uh, people will congregate there. Yeah, that is the very nature of living in a a fraternity or a sorority house. Hmm. I thought there were study parties with no liquor allowed. You're telling me no? Ah, uh, Dave. You're so naive, <laughs> Dave. A spike in new cases is putting at least one Washington County in a very precarious position. Here's Kaiba Radio's Miley Katie. Snohomish County is at risk of becoming the first county in Washington to slip back to phase one of reopening. That's what County Executive Dave Summers told the Herald yesterday. A return to phase one would mean that restaurants, stores and barber shops would have to close again. County health officials say the increase in cases is not due to the increase in testing. They're renewing calls for residents to wear masks in public and maintain social distancing. We saw one of the highest numbers of single-day coronavirus cases reported in our states, nearly 600 yesterday. Now close to 33,000 people have tested positive, more than 1,300 have died since the pandemic began. Health officials are urging people to rethink their plans this holiday weekend. Oregon Governor Kate Brown now extending her coronavirus emergency proclamation for another two months through September 4th and is also making masks mandatory indoors. Of course, this emergency proclamation means the governor will retain control over reopening the state and gets to make the final call on schools and regulations for businesses. She says there is a chance now to get ahead of Fourth of July weekend. California's Governor Gavin Newsom is closing beaches in Los Angeles ahead of the holiday, and beaches in Florida also will close. 
and fireworks shows have been called off in many places, including here in Washington. Dave, we didn't get fireworks on New Year's Eve, if you no. recall. The windstorm uh, at the Space Needle uh, didn't let that happen. Now we're not getting them on the 4th either. What a bummer. Yeah, and people are going to be in withdrawal, and I think there's going to be a real temptation to gather together and shoot things off. But there will be fireworks in D.C., which you'll be able to watch on PBS if you uh, are willing to get your fix that way. And Donald Trump is hosting a Salute to America fireworks display over the National Mall. I'm sure it'll be the best fireworks show ever. Well, if not even better. And just an update now on a vaccine. We did hear yesterday from Dr. Anthony Fauci. He was on that Senate panel. He told lawmakers a vaccine isn't a certainty, but he is cautiously optimistic. Dr. Ashish Shah is director of the Harvard Global Institute, and he agrees that timeline will be difficult. I think end of the year is going to be extremely difficult. Look, we may have a vaccine that we've identified by the end of the year, but we don't just need to have a vaccine. We need to feel comfortable that it's safe, that it's effective. So when could a vaccine become available? Well, don't hold your breath. Even if we have it identified, producing hundreds of millions of doses, which I know we're getting going on now, but having it ready for people, I think it'll be more like spring of next year uh, if everything goes well. That's a gut punch right there. Spring of next year. Spring of next year. What does that mean for the NFL season, do you suppose? Mm, I think maybe games go on, no fans. And I guess I I would think if, if the season does go on, certain players like we've now seen in baseball will choose to sit out because, you know, it's up to them if they want to play. I've seen baseball players, you know, they all have families. A lot of them have families and maybe they have spouses or children who are immunocompromised. And it's, it's going to be up to the players. If they feel safe enough to play, they can do so. Now, whether or not the league decides to hold fans is an entirely different situation. We will be back tomorrow and every day after with a 10-minute rundown of the daily local news. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.